We're outside the travel agency, a cannabis store that's got everyone buzzing. I've been to dispensaries all over the United States, but I've never seen one this unique. So nice. Amazing vibe. Some of the best customer service I've had in a store. Blows my expectations out of the water. Come down to the travel agency and see for yourself. For use only by adults age 21 and older. Keep out of reach of children and pets. In case of accidental ingestion or overconsumption, contact the National Poison Control Center. Consume responsibly. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Choose life, choose a job, choose a career, choose a family, choose a big television. You're a quiet, sensitive type. A little bit crazy, a little bit bad. Choose sitting on that couch watching mind-numbing, spirit-crushing game shows, stuffing junk food into your mouth. Big psycho, man. He's a mate. So what can you do? What are you two talking about? Football. What are you talking about? Shopping. Chase the soul of Detroit. You asked it around, you're trying to run out of my face. It's gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You are qualified, young man. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now? All right. It's not ML Elric. Hello, boys and girls. It's Mark Fellhauer with you, along with Sean Windsor. The soul of Detroit. I I chose that intro today, and I can't believe Sean it took you that long to realize what movie it was. It's it tra- about twenty seconds. By the way, I'm not the soul of Detroit. You made it sound like with the punctuation that I'm the soul of Detroit. I am not. He is missing. He is missing. And ML Elric is in Scotland right now with the family. Claims he's going to be um, joining us via Zoom. He just landed in a place called Chetfield. Shetfield? I don't she- know. Uh, Shetland? Shetland. 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 Uh, is that a place? It, it yes. is. <laughs> Islands north of the, the, the British Isles, right? It was a TV show set there. It's probably why he's there. Maybe that's where the ponies come from. I asked uh, him to bring me one back. <laughs> he refused. <laughs> he, what uh, I want to know is why he goes on vacation and doesn't let us go on vacation. I went on vacation. I go on vacation. Did you? Yeah, you're, you're gone plenty of times. So Really? Not really. Well, mentally. Um, I want to bring in our special guest of the day, filling in for us. A guy, a current Emmy-nominated broadcaster. That means a lot. <laughs> and, and you're coming up on your, I guess, would be 50th year in broadcasting, right? Because you said you started here in 1974. Yep. It's yep. Eli Zaret. WABX, which was a FM rock station. Back when FM was really underground, you couldn't get it in your car unless you went down to Mickey Shore or a place like that and bought a converter. You'd screw it into the bottom of your dash and you could use your uh, AM dial to to find FM stations. So it was a, a very different day and age. I don't like how you just brushed off that uh, Emmy nomination. Oh, <clears throat> well. You you should be very proud of that. I am. I, I, it's, um, I hadn't... Uh, entered anything in a long time because I haven't been on local television, believe it or not, since 1995. 
but I've won several since then. One was I worked for the Pistons, and I did a documentary on autism about 10 years ago. But, um, you know, it's, it isn't a national Emmy. It isn't the kind that Bob Costas gets. It isn't the type that, that you know, um, award-winning TV shows get. It's a Michigan Emmy. It's so unusual <laughs> to have self-deprecation in <laughs> instead of the uh, self-aggrandizing. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, I think ML is self-deprecated. He's all deprecating. He's also very sensitive, though. So most <laughs> self-deprecating people aren't hypersensitive at the same time. <laughs> do you have any idea who your opponents are in this Emmy award? <laughs> yes, you uh, do. Well, only only two um, uh, entities qualified because they send each state sends the entries to a different market so there's no prejudice hmm. and so it has to be it isn't like they're going to have five in one category they may have 10 in one category if they're all deemed emmy worthy but in the documentary category only our thing called uh, our um going for it the rise of, of wdiv which is the first station i worked at and it was in, in celebrating its 75th anniversary it was the I first hear, station i hear Detroit. it's wonderful you son of a bitch. <laughs> I, tell you, I have <laughs> seen it. I have seen it. You got so upset because nobody had seen it for a while. But we, I think we're all I, I, I understand. I talk. Uh, and, and Even Sean's seen it. Yes. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> Eli still has the voice, right, Mark? Eli is still a fantastic broadcaster. The voice is, I, is. There was some trepidation today because he wanted to know exactly what we were going to talk about. Because he loves to be prepared, which is one of the things I love about him. Um, and I said, don't I like worry about it. We, I got it covered. We got it covered. Preparation is the key. So anyway, it's, it's, the, the, the documentary is about the 75-year history of the station. And uh, the only other thing we're up against that qualified was a PBS thing that Keith Famey and others did, which is on Detroit churches. Yeah, but it all depends. If they sent the uh, Emmy nominate or the Emmy entries to a, a Bible Belt town, they might like the fact that a it's about Detroit Survivor? churches, and they don't care really about the history of television in Detroit. Are you worried that uh, a guy from Survivor might have a higher Q rating than you? I'm really not worried about anything. You know, you don't, you don't worry about much. I'm excited that I still fit into the tuxedo I bought back in the early 80s. Now that's impressive. <clears throat> well, I like you, you self-describe yourself, which that's we're done. Uh, you described yourself as a historian. So there are a couple things I want to ask you about regarding... Um, you know, your career and, and 50 years, very impressive and all the things you've seen, especially covering sports, which I, I love how, and Sean, you're the same way. Uh, athletes are no more special than the person that lives next door or you walk by down the street other than their athletic ability. They're not these deities. They're not these gods. I think it goes a little bit deeper than that. I don't know whether you'd say that because, you, Thank know, you. you know, Dennis Rodman is an idiot, <laughs> but he's also a genius in one thing. Sure. You only really have to do one thing very well yeah, most to make it humans. in life. Uh, but by the same token, it takes more than uh, just the athletic ability. You have to understand what it's like to be on a team. You have to understand what it's like to work with other people, to, to have a boss, to listen, to be part of something. So, But yes, in terms of expecting moral behavior or that they're examples of, of other things that you value is, is a waste because or, you'll feel you, you'll be disappointed every time or that they get to skip processes that that the rest of us don't that's just not true in fact uh, my colleague carlos Menares and i were arguing about this a couple of weeks ago with jameson williams the young receiver for mm -hmm. the detroit lions who was suspended for six games because he was caught gambling on a phone app i assume and somewhere on lions property and carlos is trying to make the point that 
know because you have that contract, because you have that money and that expectation, you should somehow be different. I'm like, no, if you're 22, your brain chemistry is wired a certain way, like most young people, and you have to live through lots of things to experience and how to navigate. Money is not going to change how your brain is wired. It's just not. I cannot, to your point. I cannot believe I'm going to say this, but I kind of agree with Carlos. There's greater expectations, though. It doesn't matter. If you're no, I immature, know I know if you're immature and you've got to learn some things about life, nothing will change that other than learning those things about life. Money will not change that. That's been my experience writing about sports for 20 Twenty plus years. Well, well, that's that's a that's a pretty complex question. First of all, ter- in, in in terms of of Jameson, the Lions admitted, and I think there's some validity there that this really wasn't carefully explained in detail, and everyone who listened was made to understand exactly what was told them. And so there's been a lot of confusion about why well, I, I I make bets on my app, so. How do they know where I am, or what, why does it matter? Was it really said you can gamble on your phone any place you want as long as it isn't in these few locations? Was that really explained that well? I'm not going to excuse him, but it seems like there's a lot of vagueness in there. No, there's there's no question. But my my question to both of y'all then is if if you're 21 or 22 or whatever, and you've been around this, you've been around sports a lot longer than I have, Eli. If you have you you see the different levels of maturity sure. that come into the NFL, the NBA, the Major League Baseball, whatever. The money is not going to expedite that maturity. It just doesn't. In fact, it makes it worse. It can make it, it, it worse. Can't, no, it absolutely can. It can teach total, you know, a, a lack of responsibility, a lack of self-preservation, a lack of of, of knowledge of it, of, of what money really is and what it means and how it plays a role in your life. What, what's 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 real? That's why a lot of athletes think they're wealthy when all they are is getting a good salary for a period of time. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of older people make that same mistake too. God, I had no I think I'd run out of money or I thought I was it was this is going to go on forever. So, you're right, there's a level of maturity they have in certain ways but lack in other ways because you're still only 21 years old and 21 year olds are basically idiots, let's face it. And we that's were all my, idiots when we were 21. And that's my point. You do get the occasional 21 year old who's going on 40. You just do, right? Well, if and you, that's in all walks of life, not just athletes. If you want your money to keep growing, if you're making uh, a lot of money in a limited amount of time, uh, you need to invest that money, right? And see what people can do for you. And uh, the guy we recommend is Luke Nowak at Pinnacle Wealth. Uh, if you have questions about your financial future, if you're wondering if you're going to be able to reach those goals, give Luke a call. 248-663-4748 free um what's it called consultation he'll tell you uh if you want to be in bonds equities he'll help that money grow so if you're an athlete or just a guy working uh hourly day-to-day um have your money work for you with uh, luke nowacki securities and investment advisory services offered through royal alliance associates inc <laughs> member f-i-n-r-a-s-i-p-c royal alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Now, that kind of piggybacks, Eli, and something we were talking about before the show, and because um, we were talking about Brittany Griner, you mentioned you brought her up yesterday on the Drew and Mike show, where you can hear Eli every Sunday, sometimes Monday, every first show of the week. How about that? <laughs> um, and you were mentioning about how what the difference was and you called you've always called the NBA a flea bag league in the 1970s. It was. It was a flea bag league until yeah about about uh, after Bird and Magic came along it became a major league. And and my my point is the whole Britney Griner thing is so repulsive on so many layer levels. The first thing is the idiot who trolled her dur- through the airport 
uh, what a what a weenie, what a little piece of shit he is. His name was Stein, I think, mm-hmm. who's looking at the camera like, look at me, and hey, Brittany, did, did you fuck Vladimir Putin? You know, just stupid uh, 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 antagonistic things, and, and, and he gets away with it. But what it pointed out to me is, why, if this is a major league, are these players walking through an airport? If it's a major league, they should fly in their own plane. And I go back, because again, Getting older makes you a historian whether you want it or not. And the NBA, until Pat Riley came along in the early 80s with the Showtime Lakers, he said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to stay at the Ritz-Carlton. Screw this Motel 6 stuff. We're going to get our own plane. And suddenly, everybody said, whoa. And the league was starting to grow. David Stern was starting to make the international deals. Uh, uh, Michael Jordan was still a year or two away, but you had Bird and Magic. And by the way, Sue Bird who Megan Rapinoe said could be the greatest athlete of all time, isn't even the best bird of all time. She's only the second best bird in any case. But the point being is that that helped the image of the NBA. We're a big-time league, and we care about the health of our players. So uh, Bill Bradley, as I was telling Mark earlier, had to get up and, and Dave DeBusher and the champion Knicks in 1970. I read Bill Bradley's book, uh, uh, something, uh, Life on the Run. They had to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning to get to the airport to sit in the, in the waiting room there and get on a plane and go to the next place. But back then, you didn't have social media trolling them right. throughout the airport. So that's why it's, it's kind of a... Uh, the WNBA is a is a minor league masquerading as a professional league, and it's being supported by the NBA. Right? And I, I don't think that's. I mean, when you see Matt Ishbia had to buy the Phoenix Suns, he also well, when he bought the Phoenix Suns, he had to buy the Phoenix Mercury. It's kind of a package deal. I find it interesting that the WNBA's response to this is to change their charter flight rules because it costs more to charter oh. flights, and because she's being harassed, um, they're like, yeah, I, I think you guys need to charter your flights now. Where if they really cared about it, if it was a league making money, they would have done that all along. So my question is, at what point is this league going to fly on its own? Will it ever fly on its own? Well, I think it may. I don't know what the real numbers are, but women's sports have come. I've seen them come from zero to where every effort is made to make them either a pure major league or to include women in in, in all sports. Uh, Title IX made that every... Every uh, female, uh, male athlete at a college, there has to be a female athlete. There has to be the, the same number. So we, we push it, and we've done our best, or they've done their best to make women a part of it. But still, if the revenue isn't there, because they don't play the game as well as men, and there isn't the, the same appeal, it's going to be kind of a minor league, and they can't afford to fly. And there has to be some type of fiscal responsibility, right? I mean, who, who's yeah. going to uh, – are you going to suck it up and take losses so that you look like a major league? And most fans don't know how you get from one game to another anyway. But um, So is your opinion – That's why Brittany Griner was in Russia in the first place because she can't make a full, full-time living over here in the WNBA. Oh, please. No, she wants to make more money. I, I don't like that whole argument of she has to go over in there and play. She wants to go over there and play right. to make more money, which is fine. I mean, yeah. it's okay. Well, but to Eli's point, a lot of them don't make a, you know very much money at all in the WNBA. And if you're the best in the world at what you do, you know you you expect to get paid like the best. Do. Yeah, it's not like they're making five hundred thousand dollars a year in the WNBA to right. sit. You know, if you're an eighth person on the on the bench, sure. And you're going to look to, to you know to add another couple of million dollars in Russia or wherever. That's not the case. I don't think they're making anywhere near that. Why no. d- why does um why does the NBA actively prop up and support the WNBA. Is this is this what people like to call virtue signaling? Is it to help their marketing? I mean, what what is the real drive behind this, Sean? 
It's a good question. Well, I don't know if that's ever been answered. I feel like that if they are hoping it, it'll eventually pop. To Eli's point, it has changed a lot. I mean, I know this is different because it's college, but look at the Final Four last right. year. Right. The women, the women's side was much more compelling. That's been the case. Uh, there have been a couple other sports. And tennis comes to mind. That's the big. You know, there have been plenty of years where Serena Williams outdraws, at least for an American audience, outdraws, and that's largely because the American she, men haven't been part of the and her tennis pure, scene. her pure dominance, I think people like to watch. The, right, I, so... Honestly, I think female tennis is more entertaining to watch than male tennis. Can be. Well, yeah. the way the way See, women are playing basketball right now, I mean, you, you watched Iowa, right? Yeah, yeah well, college, college um, women's hoops has a distinct advantage, and it's the uniforms that they wear, right? I will put Michigan on because I went to Michigan. I mean, it's that cult aspect of it. I'm not going to put on uh, the Detroit. What were they called? The, the Detroit Shock, Shock yeah. because I live in Detroit. You know, it's a it's a niche sport. Very at much this so. point. It's not necessarily it is. mainstream. It, it just it just would take you know maybe some more stars coming in. The, the gal from Iowa. Why can't I think of her name? Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark. Oh, yeah. If there's some more of that, you know, Paige Buckers who plays at, at Connecticut. I'm sorry, I don't mean to keep mentioning yeah. white white gals, but uh, <laughs> it's okay, Sean. But uh, Angel Reese. Yeah, exactly. Go, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's it's like any other sport. You know, it's it's largely star driven, personality driven, and and you know they may get to a point. And, okay, and 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 oh. give and give fans credit for understanding the different talent level. Now, um, Brittany Griner may be the most talented female player. In, in, in America, but she couldn't last one minute in an NBA game. She'd be destroyed. It's a whole different level. So I think that it has to do with the, the overall skill level and the, yeah. and, 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 and the uh, artistry that they, they bring to That's the game. That's the key, the artistry. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus eli you mentioned magic and burn and that really exploded the nba and I just I don't know if Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark are going to do that, but so much of this is star driven in these sports. And another minor sport that is getting a lot of attention now is the MLS, Major League Soccer. And because the historian Eli is here today, I wanted to ask him the comparison of when Pele uh, signed with the New York Cosmos. Right, he played in Brazil professionally for a long time, won right. three World Cups. He's the same age that Lionel Messi is when Messi, who just turned down. A billion dollars from Saudi Arabia turned down a lucrative contract from his club team that brought him up when he was, you know, I think 12 years old in Barcelona, choosing to go to an MLS team in Miami because uh, Adidas gave him extra money because he's an Adidas guy because he gets a cut of all new subscriptions that Apple TV Plus gets for people that sign up. Um, 
Yeah. I, I don't know if it's just for MLS. Is is he going to be transformative so, enough? I'll tell you why that's so interesting. Because when Pele came along, I think it was the late 70s, and this, this North American, NASL, the North American Soccer League. And back then, I'll go back a little bit. I, I grew up on Long Island, and they played soccer in high school. They weren't didn't play soccer in high school in Michigan back in the 60s and 70s unless it was a, a prep school. But so many kids were starting to play it that even Howard Cosell said, <laughs> the famous Howard Cosell, who anybody under 50, unfortunately, has never heard of, which is another reason why, why being around a long time is kind of the <laughs> negative because the stuff that was important to you doesn't mean shit anymore to people. He said that the soccer bowl is going to be bigger than the Super Bowl in a period of time, forty year over forty years has gone by, and soccer is still struggling. Although it's doing better to get a foothold, no pun intended, in this country, and it's a mystery as to me. Well, all the kids who play, and all the high schools, and all the colleges, and the exposure on ESPN that soccer is still will will Lionel question will Lionel Messi make Lionel Messi? Pardon me to pronounce his name right. Make MLS a major league sport in America. I don't know. No, it's still a niche sport. And and, and the, my only explanation for why soccer hasn't caught on is because we Americans are used to the hand-eye coordination mm -hmm. of pitching a baseball 100 miles an hour to a two-inch target on the low outside corner, to hitting a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, to throwing a 60-yard pass. We're used to, see, to, to hitting a three-pointer, and you don't use your hands in soccer. To me, that's just for some reason seems to be <laughs> yeah, the wall they can't get past. But I think that's that's American soccer, right? I think part the, to me the bigger issue is that young people, especially in this country, understand where the best soccer player football is played in the world. And I would bet. In fact, I remember writing a story about this a couple of years ago. The num the number of people in their twenties and teens that watch soccer versus baseball is much bigger. Yeah. It's just that they're watching the Premier League. I think yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. because baseball is tanking. You're right. We're, we're talking about star power and lack of stars, right? Baseball has zero. It's of it. it's it's fading from our culture a little bit, uh, except for as an in-game experience. I think for the MLS, it has two advantages uh, that the Cosmos didn't have. And correct me if I'm wrong. I saw Pele by the way in the '70s. Did you really? Yeah. With the Cosmos? Yeah, yeah. He was in D.C. I want to say because yeah. I lived in D.C. and they played soccer. So, when, when I moved to Illinois in the late '70s, nobody played soccer. To your yeah, point, yeah. So why didn't it moved off the East Coast? Why didn't it, Why didn't it make you a fan? Was it a novelty act? It was fun to see him. I mean, I've always enjoyed the sport. I played the sport. Yeah, when I was everyone, young, everyone played the sport right. when they were young, right? And I think they shift to football because it's the same American football because it's the same season as they get older. Well, back in those days, I mean. You, the best soccer was obviously in Europe or in South America, or wherever. But there was no way to watch it. Well, I think like there uh, yeah, is now, a hundred percent. I think uh, TV and gambling has grown soccer like did none you see other. The, did you guys see the but, story about the Athletic uh, laying off twenty the, the sports website? And yeah, really? the New York Times. Yeah. They laid off twenty reporters yesterday. They owned by the New York no Times. Kidding. And in their story, they were talking about what they were going to focus on: the NFL and the Premier League, because that's where they get. This is a national yeah. website in this country. Yeah, and uh, the second biggest chunk of their readership wants to read about soccer in Europe. Isn't that interesting? That's kind of Very fascinating. But I think that's there's two reasons that number one, uh, video games, the F FIFA video game is huge. For sure, kids play that, so they learn all the names. But then there is this thing, and Eli, you and I were talking about it off the air. You called it the Browning of America. I mean, America's just browner now. There's a lot more Hispanics. There's more Asians people mm -hmm. here that that are you know 
first generation, mainly second generation, that have brought the love of it with them. In some markets, right, Orlando comes to mind. They have a very popular MLS team. Miami. Right. <laughs> Where Messi's going and, you know, a lot of Hispanics. The guy is from South America. They they love him down there. Plays in Europe. Asia loves him, too. The Middle East loves him. I mean, it's, it has the possibility to grow the league. Will it? Isn't, isn't a problem with soccer in America This seems trite? There just aren't enough points. Points, 100%. There aren't enough points well, in the game. A, that's a similar issue to baseball. But the markets where the MLS is popular, and again, I remember we've written a lot about this at the Free Press because there was you know, a push to bring a team here to Detroit at one point, are either to your point where there's a, a strong immigrant culture or where there's it's a largely youngish, progressive kind of city like Portland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That's where, right? Because that's who, like Mark. Mark's a young progressive, and that's where what? the uh, – <laughs> <laughs> a, I'm not young. B, I would and, never and, describe myself as progressive. And, and and in baseball, if it's a one nothing game, some people who don't who aren't uh, aficionados of the game will call it boring. Yeah. Whereas those who really understand the game will 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 look at the tug and pull and the and and the nuances that make it a, a compelling pitcher's duel. And I, maybe the sophistication isn't there to appreciate that in soccer, well, uh, hockey. That's... Hockey to the uninitiated, to to me, always was. It's just one broken play after another. Right. No. Broke dice, but, broken play, come back, broken play, go back, broken play. Where's the continuity? That's why, you know, basketballers encourage scoring. Football, they encourage scoring. Baseball, they, they, they make it so there's more scoring because as Americans, we like to see points. No, the points are definitely an issue, or it's definitely part of it. But I also think there's, there's some political layers of this, some identity layers, right? Soccer in some circles is seen as... Sort of not anti-American, but not of possibly, but not, I think not uh, of us. That's not <laughs> of us, and that's changing. That's changing a little bit. I, I think it's, but so- it's to your point. It started. It was an East Coast sport for yeah. a long time. When I was younger, soccer was seen seen as an elitist sport played by kids of you know the upper middle class and so on and so forth. Whereas in Europe, it's a working man sport mm-hmm. first and foremost. Yeah. Same with cycling. My medics in our neighbor, who's who's from the Amsterdam. Can't, couldn't believe when he moved to America that people thought of a cycling as an elitist sport when it's a working man sport in his country. And how about, here's another one. That was just as, in fact, in the springtime when I was going to high school in the 60s, lacrosse was yeah. more popular than baseball. Yeah, right. Whatever happened to lacrosse? Right, right. Yeah, the, there's a professional league there that nobody uh, ever watches. And speaking of elitists and speaking of uh, Europe, <laughs> he is taking time out of his busy schedule. ML Alwerk has finally joined us. I guess... Maybe you're not so least. You're waiting for a bus? You know, I, I go away for a week, and we're talking about women's basketball, soccer, and I thought, how, how can it get any worse? And then Sean says cycling. What, what's Are we going to do pigeon racing as soon as I get on this damn bus? You're, you're over there where people use bikes, or maybe not. Not, not if you're in the Shetland Islands. Why are, you, why are you on the show anyway today? Can't you just enjoy the time with your – you don't, you don't trust us to be able to fill an hour? Ego won't allow it. You got no, nothing. Sean, uh, uh, Mark told me I had to dial it. Oh bullshit! Shit! Bullshit! You missed. And, us. and then he then he brought up women's soccer uh, for uh, people in iron lungs. You and missed. That's when the, I said, I, "What am I doing the here?" The setup. The setup was the historian aspect of it because we have a, histor- a living historian with us today. <laughs> a I'm going to make oh, okay. uh, ML. I'm going to make you uh, brought to us by. Um, well, if you want a little European flavor, you can try out the Irish Coffee Bar and Grill. They're one of our newest sponsors. If you've ever been to the East Side, though, you already know that they have the best burgers in town, located on Mac Avenue in Gross Point. Irish Coffee is serving up those delicious ground rounds. Just five bucks Mondays, five to eleven. So you got to remember all the way next Monday. Go there, five to eleven p.m. 
to get a burger for five bucks at Irish Coffee Bar and Grill. Check out the fantastic Sloppy Joes they have today, Tuesday and tomorrow, Wednesday. Whenever you go, you're going to find great food, great vibes. It's a classic Irish pub, and it's run by a Kennedy. Nothing more Irish than that. And when you see ML there, when he ever gets back from all his gallivanting around the world, be sure to ask him for uh, an onion ring because he'll have you buy him for him. What's right? your tea time? Do uh, you have a tea time at St. Andrews today? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I'm hoping to see some puffins and some Shetland ponies and uh, and whatever other exotic things they have on tap here. But you know, you're talking about about uh, Pele. It, for those of us who were growing up in Detroit at that time, Trevor Francis, yes, who was a great player for I think it was Birmingham. When he came to town, you would actually sell a lot of tickets to see soccer at the Silverdome because when Trevor Francis came, the Detroit Express, brought to you by Sonny Van Arnhem, were a fantastic draw. They were really exciting. When he wasn't here, dog shit. What league? Was that the NASL? Was that the North American Soccer League? I can't remember because I covered Trevor Francis. There was a little bit of excitement for a moment. That was all around the time yeah. when the Silverdome also had the Panthers mm. and they had the Express. And they played a playoff game at, at, at the Silverdome with Trevor Francis, and they lost, I think, on a kick in overtime or something. And I'll, I'll never forget how the players just laid out on the field, stunned, and what a dramatic moment it was. But it didn't last after that, for whatever reason. Yeah, I think it was an just, offensive explosion. Somebody lost two to one or something. <laughs> 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 the the goaltenders hmm. had to be given uh, fluids so they didn't cramp up and dehydrate <clears throat> from all the action. Well, Mike's a soccer guy. Mike's a soccer investor. You know, DCFC, I bet there are days when they outdraw the Tigers. Uh, that's not a I joke. Bet, yeah, I've been to those games. Very exciting. Yeah. What do they have? Yeah. Seven thousand people. There yeah, seventy five hundred. So? I think. Right? I bet there are day. Yeah. I bet Comerica occasionally does not get seventy five hundred people. So a couple of years ago, they absolutely would have outdrawn the Tigers. But we came over here and we have these DCFC rugby shirts that we bought because we were going to our ancestral, I'm I'm told, place in uh, outside Aberdeen. <laughs> so we all wore these matching rugby shirts, and then somebody told me. That's exactly the same rugby shirt as one of the uh, Harry Potter people uh -oh. wore. So we were thought we were being cool, and I'm sure people are like, "What's with these dorks?" And I'm like, "No, no, DCFC. It's DCFC here. It's not uh, Gryffindor or whatever the hell it is." is but that, I don't is, know anything about Harry Potter. Is that really like your ancestral home? I mean, can you really trace it back there? I think so. I think uh, I think my grand, my paternal grandfather left. But I know he left Scotland in the 20s, sometime around then. Uh, there's a lot of Elrics by Aberdeen. There's actually a little, a little uh, like neighborhood called Elric, and there's a place called House of Elric that makes gin in this this fantastic old manor. See, but, Sean, um, Sean, even when he leaves, he's got to dig in deeper and make it all about him and his history <laughs> and where he's from. Wait, I want, are you actually in the Shetland Islands? Answering right? a question. Are you? <laughs> Maybe something was lost in translation. No, I set you up for it. Uh, let's let's humanize him a little bit because you, you, you're just a, you're a tourist looking at TV sites or filming locations for the Shetland. Hell yeah, TV series, right? That's fun. What's the Shetland uh, well, TV I mean, series? He's one of so Eli. You don't know this, but these, me, these two guys watch shows that nobody else watches that are made in uh, well in Britain. Shetland was actually a, a pretty big hit. So what do you mean nobody else watches? Nobody watch. Nobody here. It's like soccer. Nobody here's watching. Where does it play here? Where do you, where do you can you see you it? Get it on. Uh, where do you watch it, Mike? On BritBox? <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I think it, you might be able to watch it on public TV or something. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to find, but it's good <laughs> stuff. But no, that's why you're there, right? You're you're checking out uh, 
filming locations? Under the guise of well, a family trip? I'm here trip? because we got married here 25 years ago. Oh, I thought you were and, in the Shetland uh, Islands. Well, we are. We, you know, when you go to Scotland for a couple of weeks, you got to hit a few places. Okay. Okay. I've all gone right. through all the taps on uh, on the Royal Mile, so now I'm hitting what they got in the other towns. But you didn't. You didn't get married in the islands. You got married in the mainland. No, no. If I if I gotten married on the islands, I might have thrown myself over the side of a ferry, <laughs> and I wouldn't have made it to 25 years. <laughs> I assume she's in the room, and you said that for her benefit. <laughs> She's on the other side of the airport, so I'm safe for now. Wait, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. You're in a little tiny airport. All right. Well, go enjoy your vacation. Don't worry about us. We will be fine. Um, we will check in with you next week. I don't know where you will be in the world. Where will you be? I will be in Scotland. Okay. Where at? You have to tune in and find uh, out. And I will tell you this fascinating much. Fascinating stuff. Just compelling. They, they serve beef burgers here. They're nowhere near as good as the Irish coffee burger. All right, buddy. Have a good time. Yeah, thanks for dialing in. That was uh, that was exhilarating. <laughs> exhilarating. <laughs> yeah, if you guys want to get back, uh, you know, why don't you come back to me for the darts report? I think I've got some insider information. I can go on location. So does that mean you want to talk about Ted Lasso? Oh. No, no, absolutely not. No, no. Let's 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 move straight to Patank. Anybody know what the hell that is? I saw somebody playing it. I'm sure that's up next on ML. Uh, so we're going to talk about finger football. Gross. <laughs> the little triangle. Is that anything like pocket pool? <laughs> Remember the little flick football, yeah. Remember the little oh, yeah. triangles that you'd 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 make a goalpost with your yeah. hands? Oh, I can never leave. Uh, <laughs> Goodbye. All right. That's... Sean, you mentioned the fact Have that fun, he's, sir. <laughs> that he's in Oh, he's still talking. Hang on. Of course he's still well, talking. He's done. <laughs> I mean we should we should be the ones he's to disconnect standing, him. He's, he's standing very up. proud of himself too. Yeah, he is. He's standing up. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sean, do you like to do touristy sites? Do you like to do touristy things? To some degree. Maybe not so much in Michigan State gear every day, but uh, you know, to some degree. I love doing the most um, common touristy things for so many reasons. I like people watching, but um, as I mentioned, I went to Niagara Falls and I had to show my girls the scene from the original Superman. Do you remember that? When that boy fell and Superman That's saved right. him. That's right. That's right. And it did not resonate whatsoever with them. They thought it was really stupid and pointless. And why, why is dad showing us this, this video? Of, so do that on your own time. Well, I'm trying to expand their horizons. By showing Super Bowl, and excuse me, Superman. Uh, it was, no, it was a Niagara Falls Martin. scene in a movie. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Oh, you're the worst. Um, but the other thing, and I want to know if either of you guys have ever done this. <laughs> we're up there we just had dinner we're walking down the street and we're about to cross a pretty big street there but not one of the major ones but there's a lot of people around i see some guy walking the other way and i'm like 
I recognize that guy. I know who that guy is. I'm going to stop and talk to that person. And it's an actor from Napoleon Dynamite, Efren Ramirez. Do you remember Napoleon Dynamite? I do. Vote for Pedro? Vaguely, yeah. And I just would never stop somebody and talk to him because I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I respect. Did you, did you I know st- who he was or did you say, I, 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 I want to find out who, who this is because I recognize him? I knew immediately who he was because we had him in studio years ago, which, you know, unfair advantage gives me a nice reason to bring it up. Um, and so just having to talk to him on the street, I just wondered, would you, would you ever do that? Do you, do you stop famous people and talk to them if I you recognize never. Ever. Never? Rarely. Oh, why would you do that? It's like t- stopping a stranger. I wouldn't stop a stranger. I, I would stop a stranger, too. I was sitting, um, believe it or not, was it Italy? And at the table next to me was the author, John Updike. Yeah. And I read all the rabbit books, and he was one of my favorite authors. But I wasn't going to go disturb his meal and right. and, 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 and just re- and say, God, I love your stuff. And blah. So when he walked by at the end, I just, as he was walking out, I said, I didn't want to bother. You. I just want to say that I'm I'm a big fan, and I've, I've I love so many of your books that I've read. Thank you. And he he smiled a little uncomfortably and walked on, and and that was all. And I figured he would like that. He would. That's something that he wouldn't find offensive to just not demand his time. Just give him a, because everybody wants recognition. Everybody wants affirmation that what of they course. do. Sean, do you ever get stopped? Do people ever want to talk to you? No, never. You're such a liar, Eli. You probably you, you were on TV for a long time. One of my most embarrassing, speaking of sports writers, uh, as you know, the great Joe Falls preceded you. I'm sure you, you, you remember him. And Joe Falls was an icon in this town long before TV people became anything of consequence. TV people really weren't of consequence, I don't think, until the video age of the, of, of, of the 80s. So I've been on Channel 4 maybe a year or two. Maybe this is like 82 or 83. And I used to get the ballpark early and walk in Tiger Stadium on the Cochran side, which is the third base side, and happened to walk in one day with Joe Falls. We got there at the same time. And not many people in the stands. I'm walking down the third base line in front of the dugout, and people are from the, the and say, hey, Eli, hey, love the, love the pregame. And, I'm, and I was embarrassed because I'm st- walking next to Joe Falls, an icon of Detroit sports writing, and here I am just emphasizing to him and the other sports writers that, that resented us for reasonably good reason we were getting more attention and they were the real journalists that had built you know detroit sports to to what it was in terms of reportage all those years and it was just a different different day day and time and uh see nowadays everybody is quote unquote famous everybody has a camera everybody's filming everyone there everyone's the star of their own movie so now i feel like if you see a celebrity, all people do now is pull out their phone and just record them, yeah, which I, is awkward as hell. Yeah, right, right. Okay, Mark, I lied. I, I did the one time. One time I went up to a semi-celebrity. But in fairness, it was in a work environment. It was at uh, Duke's. It was at Cameron, okay. Cameron Indoor Arena. At Michigan State was playing Duke. This is, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago or so. Uh, Kyrie Irving was a rookie, a freshman yeah. on that team. In any case, Doris Burke was calling the game, and I was a just a big what? fan of her. I love listening to her break down games. I'm basketball is by far my favorite sport. That doesn't count. And I walked up to her across the court. You know, it was not far from where I was sitting, and I said, "Hey, I really enjoy listening to your broadcast and the way you break down the game." And and we talked for a couple of uh, seconds, and and I moved on. So that, that was, but, but that was a professional yeah. encounter. Yeah, That's but I didn't coming. feel like I was on her level, right? So uh, you know, it felt a little bit like like you never saw the rock, like walk by the rock and stop the rock. No, really? No, that's no. no. 
I mean, you got to put yourself in the other guy's shoes. Yeah, you don't want to. I know. Is it, is it all about me? Because I want to. I want to have a word or, or have, have him look at me uh, and, and recognize me as a human being, and, and he's so special. No, it's. Is, does he want to be disturbed now? Is this the right venue? Is this the right time to do it? Right. My brother ran into Ali one time and got a photo with him. Well, there you go. Yeah, so there you go. Right. Well, one of, one of my I've told you that story about my dad who goes to all the All Star games and gets media passes. Have I ever told you that story? Who he ran into? No. So he's at the All-Star game in Boston years ago um, and sat and had this 10-minute conversation with somebody. And about three weeks later, he's watching TV with my mom, and he's like, hey, who's that guy? My mom looks at him like, that guy? You don't know who that is? He goes, nope, who is he? He's like, She's like, that's Matt Damon. Oh. And he goes, I don't, I don't know, I don't know who, because he, he does not know who anybody is. He had a 10-minute conversation with Matt Damon without knowing who he was. And I, to this day, like, I think Matt Damon kind of appreciated yeah. that, because all they did was talk about baseball with this crazy old man who has no idea, no idea. Oh, who I'm sure he, he loved it. And Eli, and Eli's yeah. right. I was in a, a Mexican place uh, called Joe T. Garcia's out, out in Fort Worth one year. I don't know, 20 years ago, and Peter Weller was having lunch at the table <laughs> over. And when I was young, RoboCop was mm -hmm. my, one of my favorite movies, set in Detroit, by the way. But I didn't. I wasn't about to go over there and, and yeah. mess with him. I wanted him to enjoy his, his enchiladas in peace. Well, if I, they're I, eating, it's different, but yeah. If you look at it from the quote-unquote celebrity standpoint, what's interesting is that a lot of times when they're in the prime of their career and they can get no privacy and they, they just want to be left alone, Later on, when <laughs> the game is over, and there's the other guys that are getting the attention, and they're in also ran, a lot of guys that never wanted to talk to the media, never wanted to sign autographs, suddenly become very open because we, you know, we 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 want to be remember, we want to be significant. Everybody wants to be significant in life in some way, and when you lose that, then you 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 welcome some recognition that you were once somebody well i'd like to recognize a, a supporter of the show and that's david hall and hall financial <laughs> segways are amazing uh, by I'm the way trying you couldn't have done that when you were 21 years old like jameson went no you could no. not have. but now that you're an experienced veteran thankfully i have a support staff like james uh, jameson williams has right well you didn't have parents what? no i meant here <laughs> you i'm talking about you and eli and drew and, and an ML to a smaller point. Um, but Hall Financial, they want to help you out. Uh, you can get equity out of your house. It's a good good time to actually pull equity out, pay off some of those high-interest debts that you have, or maybe upgrade your house. Of course, if you're buying a home, you got to make sure to call Hall first, get your five-star certified pre-approval. you got to have pre-approval. It's um, Hall Financial's pre-approval. They work with a lot of realtors, so they know that you are good to work with when you have that Hall Financial stamp. And right now, they're actually having a contest. If you go to callhallfirst.com slash Drew, you can start your five-minute mortgage review, and you'll be entered a chance no, to win uh, Champions Club tickets. Drew, Drew's very own Champions Club tickets. It's a pretty good deal. It is a good deal. Great so deal. Check it out. Callhallfirst.com or call them 866-CALL-HALL. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth. What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek? 
overturning in a cool guy. Did you like how I stalled so I could make sure I had the right? Uh, I thought ready? that was beautiful, but you 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 what? passed right by the the main thing we were going to talk about today. I can't believe it, and what? we're already geek of the week. What we wanted to get Eli's perspective. I was talking to Michael Hara, the great Michael Hara. Yes, right? longtime writers, oh. uh, and he was. I asked him. I said, "When was the last time you felt this kind of buzz and hype about this line team?" And he said, "To him, you could maybe argue the early '90s, but he went all the way back to the '80s." With Billy Sims when they won five in a row and there was that kind of he said that team was even different than the the nineties team because the nineties team kind of came out of nowhere but I was curious what you thought. Well, let's 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 go back. It's crazy. Let, let, let's go back. Uh, the nineteen eighty team, after coming off a two and fourteen season, I believe in nineteen seventy nine, a miserable season with Gary Danielson, Eric Hipple, and Jeff Comlo was the quarterback because they all got hurt. They start out four and zero, and in the end zone after the second win. Three great personalities, because that's teams back then had great personalities. The late James Hunter, uh, Spider-Man Allen, love it. and uh, Hill, uh, David Hill, did this dance in the end zone to Another One Bites the Dust. I remember that. And so it became, then they recorded a song, Jimmy Allen recorded a song, and the Lions were hot. They were 4-0. and <laughs> And then they started to get cocky, and, and Monty Clark said, just please, you know, just just chill. And eventually they wound up 8-8 eight and eight and never went to the playoffs. But there was excitement over that, but that didn't last. Uh, the, the 90s team with Wayne Fonts, I think much more so because they, had, they actually won a playoff game. They hadn't won one since 1957. So that had been, what, 30-some years. Haven't won one since. They haven't won one since. They had Barry Sanders. Uh, they had a really incredibly popular team with some great personalities. Mm -hmm. They just didn't have a quarterback. And uh, so I think it has been since then. Maybe there's a little excitement, you know, with Stafford made the playoffs like in the you know, but, third. But, you no. know, you go out to Allen Park right now, there are national media coming on. It's a mini camp, right? I yeah. mean, it's it's really, really something. And I think it's because also the other pro teams have, have really struggled. I mean, we've been in a desert for terms of well, playoffs but, and wins. In they've gotten city. nationally, and it's not just local, but nationally because the, the NFL now that they're putting the Lions on all types of prime time games yeah, because opening up the well, season against Kansas City. Suddenly we got a, suddenly we got another team that we can promote to make this a national league. That's the beauty of the NFL. What they have done that Pete Rozelle did is they made it a national game. You can watch the Chiefs and the Lions and be in 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 Florida and like the game because you're familiar with these teams. They've been presented to us, whereas baseball has never been able to do it. That's why I agree with you about baseball. Baseball has a chance now because when this Fox, when this whole Bally thing falls apart, they will stream the entire MLB will stream all the games you can watch more out of town teams. Right now you can't. If I want to see the, 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 the Giants play or the Dodgers play, I can't. There's, there's no venue for it. There's no national pro, uh, program. There's no... Unless I buy the, you know, the, the major league. That's going to mean less money, though. That's going to mean less smaller player contracts going forward. So does that mean less stars? I mean, no, be, but it means gr uh, wider, wider popularity. But of the, the game, but the Lions getting on a Thursday night game, right? Obviously, the NFL is the the, the most popular, the biggest sport in, in the country. But them getting on that game is because of what they did last year, and because of the personality of Dan Campbell. Who agreed. I know. And the way well, they play, right? So, and that's new. And we have been in a uh, lost at sea as a professional sports town for a decade. Oh yeah. And it, it if the Lions are actually going to get really, really good and and be almost Super Bowl good for the first time in their history, it makes sense in a way poetically that they would do it to lift up the rest of the 
the region when all the other teams stink. In other words, they've got the they've got you the really stage think, to themselves right now. Right, but that's not going to affect the performance of the other teams. No, 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 no. I'm just saying from a fan perspective, yeah. right? Something just, to root for as to laugh as yeah, to say, laugh like at. If the, the, the fact that the Lions might be the ones to, to turn this, this right. decade-long Feel run like around. Set, and, and, of course, being set up for failure. Yeah, well, maybe. I mean, they could <laughs> face Spoken like a Lions fan. Oh, no, for yeah, sure. And, and the NFL, pro football is the number one sport in America. When, and let no me, I want to ask you that since you're the in-house historian. Um, when, when did that happen? When did football blow by baseball as becoming our pastime? It and be- why? It began, well, the, the, the game that, that brought the NFL to awareness was the overtime game in 1958, sure. the sudden death of the Colts and the Giants. Then in 1970, they created Monday Night Football, which had a huge effect. Howard Cosell and uh, Frank Gifford, Dan- Dandy Don Meredith. So that, that gave the league more exposure. And ba- then, baseball still had its but, game the, of the week. But, 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 but the merger... It's really started in 1960 when the AFL came in, packed with big money. Lamar Hunt and these other owners had staying power. And again, which is what happened in Live and the PGA this summer, you can't be a major league and not have all the best players. And so the NFL had no choice. If this league was going to stick around, we can't have them competing for our players. We can't have Joe Namath in the other league. We have to merge that we're all one entity. They were forced into it the way the NBA was. And the way um, uh, the, the uh, NHL was. I would say the 80s, right? Y- yeah. Because when I was a kid in the yeah. 70s, more kids in school still talked about baseball, had baseball right. cards. Yep. Well, it was just a bigger topic yep. of conversation. Uh, I um, remember the 80s is probably when it started to change. I'm working on a theory here. Because growing up, too, it was always baseball and football, uh, one and two, and football at some point passed it. And I think it's because their willingness to change the rules Going back to the whole idea that we like points, we like scoring here in the NFL is like, yeah, let's make it way easier to pass the ball. Let's make it, let's open this this sport up. Whereas baseball has been very, very slow to change anything. And the NBA kind of did that too, where they made it a little quicker to change to make the, the game. Do you think there's any validity to that? That baseball was so slow to change I, I, until the last two years or so? I think the violence in football had a lot to do with it. It's just such a visceral contact but that's dangerous sport well it was what do you mean that's gone what do you mean? Why, why, go yeah. stand next so to us minimalized oh, now please oh not at all oh, are you kidding the hit they, they the used to just show speed. the hits all the time the speed that they run into oh. each other is just every godly there, there there's there are some skills that the average fan can never truly appreciate because they can't get close enough to the action which is what you're saying if you were to stand on the sidelines oh. of an nfl game Ooh, even, even a even a big 10 game and listen and watch the collisions. Absolutely. The, the, but do you, think sound, the, do you think it's less violent today than it was, you know, 30 years ago? Because I, I do. There are fewer it, it cheap it, shots, it, but it's not any less violent. Right. It's not any less violent, but the but the, the microphones are better. The cameras are in closer. Yeah, can, that's true. Can, can you imagine? You couldn't imagine in, in 1965 having a drone be above <laughs> the huddle and listen to the quarterback Tell the players what they're going to do. You couldn't be right in the guy's face, the eyeballs. It was a distant type of sports. Baseball was one camera behind home plate. Yeah. So but the, you're, the, the sound and intimacy. You're talking about the quarterback, right? And the way he's hit, example, or some of the collisions or the the blindside hits. You know, well, yeah. Kind of just, I, mean, I mean, some of that's gone. But but play to play, the way that the linemen go at you. You got linebackers now that are 235 pounds not, that run four four forties straight into a running back yeah. who's about the same size, running the same speed. 
I mean, that's it's just. It's I, 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 crazy. I, was just I was just ask Gary Danielson, who played 14 years in the league, to describe <laughs> it. He said, "We're driving the car. He said, you see that tree over there? Imagine running to that tree full speed. It's nuts. That's what happens. It's yeah. incredible. And it just gets as the athletes get bigger and faster, those collisions just get nastier it, and harder. And there's also the the artistry. There's the the you know the the wide receiver diving and making incredible catches, the, the, the cuts of a running back. And yet there's times on like a, maybe a, a muddy day when they're on the one yard line and you see these 22 <laughs> bodies just smash into each other and go, what an ugly, ugly <laughs> pile of crap that is just, you know, groping and grabbing and piling up like a bunch of kids on a playground. But it's a fascinating game. So much for my theory. Right, can we move? Can we move on, Sean? The cheap shots are, are you're talking about. They're they're have been legislated out of the game to a large degree. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean it's probably a good thing. I mean, we did just see a guy die last year on the field, right? Which is kind of weird. Right. So, before, before we move on, I just yes. want to bring up before we get off this. So last night I'm watching the Denver Nuggets win the NBA mm-hmm. championship, and I'm looking at the <laughs> the coach Michael Malone mm-hmm. of Denver. And I say, you know, he's Brendan Malone's kid. And so I go back and remember. Tell the listeners who he is. Former Pistons assistant. Bad boy assistant. I was going to say, yeah. Brendan Malone, here's a guy he started by coaching high school basketball in New York. Worked his way up through all the ranks, the college assistant, this and that. He was then he became Chuck Daly's assistant for for seven or eight years. I think from eighty eight to or the Pistons eighty eight to ninety five. And then you look at his son, the way he's worked his way up, yep. and 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 just the history of a of a family that's the only father son combination to ever coach in the NBA. So when you when you have a sense of history, you just see how these things fit together, and it's it's impressive, and how you just don't wind up. At, at the top by accident. Most guys have to work step by step, year by year, little incrementally uh, getting higher and higher up, up the ladder to be in this position. Did, I, did either of you see the post-game interview with Nikola Jokic? Yeah, he wants to go home. <laughs> that was just <laughs> the best. Up. That was awesome. He said, ask how he felt after, you know, it's the best player in the NBA arguably right now. He's the anti-star. He, he says, uh, well, the job's done. I can go home now. Yeah, didn't care about the parade that when the parade was. He just awesome. Very just wants cool. to go home. And, and, and Eli, you were fish, saying yesterday, right? it's it's crazy. He doesn't look like an athlete. No. He's he's he the most he's the most agile, quick, <laughs> smart. Um, uh, the hand eye coordination, the hand, vision, uh, right? Uh, he, he's he's the most agile uh, and skilled, clumsy looking white guy to yeah. ever play the game. No, it's true, and he looks very uninterested. He looks in so- he's softish. He, he's softish. You know, he's got a little bit of a little. He doesn't have a twenty-six inch waist. No, he he works out. He's incredibly conditioned, and yet he doesn't look it. No, so his he, arms have it, very little definition, I know, right? He works out. So and, and yet, watching him play, uh, it's just play, almost he's, beautiful. He plays like a guard. I yeah. know, incredible soft touch. Yeah, five games blew out the Miami Heat, and only uh, only nine people were wounded in a shooting yesterday yeah. in the celebration. So but the uh, job huh? is done. I want to go. I want to go. You know, the, the lifestyle. I was like you, man after your heart, Sean. Have you ever have you ever covered the NBA? Traveled with it, traveled to cover a team? Uh, uh, not full time, but I've been on the road with teams. Yeah, yeah. It's the lifestyle is so incomprehensible to the rest of us, mm. to America that gets up at eight o'clock to uh, get showered and 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 go to work at nine and come home at five. The schedule, the road trips, the nighttime games, the afternoon flights, the morning workouts, the post game trying to get to sleep, going to another city. It's so 
draining. It's so tiring. I can't even imagine what they did. All, all right, back historian. In the old days. Yeah. That's what. I, and here's another historian question for you. What? Is it um, easier to be an NBA player now than say 1980? Because you have um, support staffs and stuff and load management, which is a thing now where it's a good players question. take games off. When when uh, when I started covering the Pistons in the mid seventies, Ray Scott was the coach. Yeah, he had no right. assistant coach. He had no uh, uh, strength conditioning coach. He had no scouts per se. It was him at an office with a secretary and the twelve players. And to see what's happened now, where where Dan Campbell has twenty nine assistant coaches, <laughs> right. not in fact the assistant coaches have assistants. Right. So the defensive line coach has an assistant defensive right. line coach. So yeah, the, 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 but your question is: is it is it harder to play? Harder to be a player? I would think that the um, that the travel alone was harder back then. Physically, I think it's probably easier in a lot of ways, but mm. uh, psychologically, emotionally, just the, the, the spotlight, <laughs> social media, getting trolled uh, in airports, the expectation, having people come at you, I think that's probably harder. And players say that. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't even think about that aspect but of it. The, that the, it's a lot harder just to, to Mentally? Be, yeah. But yeah the player, players who talk about that, coaches who used to play and now are around the game as a coach, talk about the differences this I whole think, thing of load management though like i understand that you have a this huge investment in an athlete you don't want to burn them out you want to keep them healthy for the, when it really matters the playoffs i mean look at the miami heat they could have been eliminated three times throughout this playoffs they were in eighth seed because so many teams make it um i don't but then again it's it's bullshit because if you want to go see a guy playing a visiting team and that's their night off you kind yeah. of screw over the fans yeah like steph curry i think not this year but the year last year when the golden state warriors were in town he didn't yeah. play and there were a lot of young people that had bought tickets, and, were, and you know that's mm. the one chance to see them. So I don't think that's fair. Uh, harder on the players in the old days in that they had less security. They didn't have guaranteed contracts. There's a story about Gordy Howe breaking his wrist or something in a Red Wing game and standing in the parking lot at Olympia <laughs> in freezing weather with his arm wrap waiting for Colleen to pull the car around to take him to, to the hospital. That's so the, the, so the, 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 the injuries, the Mark Fidrich... His career was ruined by a, a, a rotator cuff that could have been fixed with arthroscopic surgery and had him back in eight weeks, and it cost him his career. So there was less security. There was a, a less support staff. There was less sports medicine. Your career could be over in a minute, and a lot of guys— you, you talk to the old NFL players. The, the, the Most of them are gone now, but the Mike Lucci's and the Joe Schmitz that played back then for $10,000 a year, and— if they didn't get along and like their teammates and play for the love of the game, there was no point being there. Charlie Sanders, the Hall of Famer, quit when he had still time left on the clock because he could make more selling insurance than Russ Thomas would right. pay him to play tight end. A lot of them had off-season jobs. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah so, Denny. I mean, Denny had lots of off-season jobs. <laughs> and then he, uh, blew, he blew all the money anyway. <laughs> so, by the way, who's your geek of the week? And sorry about oh, that. Oh, oh, God, was I yeah. supposed to think of a geek of the week? Oh, I oh. got one. I'm going to do the imaging again. Yeah, the geeks have inherited the earth. I'm not going to go through the whole imaging. No, but uh, because our fearless leader is gone in, around Scotland, I thought I would mention a guy who... Um, who you hate whenever whenever ML mentions it, and that's Kwame Kilpatrick. And I'll tell you why he's the Geek of the Week. Did you see what he did this weekend? No. Kilpatrick was out in Beverly Hills at uh, this five-year anniversary for Alice Marie uh, Johnson, who was convicted 
in the 90s on a couple count, a couple drug crimes, right? And Kim Kardashian got her up. Very big public case. And so they had a celebration out there. And Kilpatrick was out in Beverly Hills for whatever reason, made it into the party, and then started hitting up Facebook with pictures of him and Kim Kardashian, him and Terry Crews, um, and writing about how it's his 53rd birthday. So because he hijacked this celebration of someone who probably got a pretty tough sentence for a drug crime and finally got out, uh, he made it all about himself and made it all about his birthday. So that's why Kilpatrick is the Geek of the Week. Any objections? No, I just got breaking news though. What, I, I, what happened? Mike what? just Mike just texted me and said that they're going to a little place uh, in Shetland where they do film the TV series. And the bus driver said that they may be filming as we speak. So oh, he was very he was very excited about that. I wanted to pass that along. All right. Well, either way, Kilpatrick's <laughs> the geek of the week. <laughs> Make him the geek of the last three decades. Absolutely. <laughs> Did you bring a song today, Sean? No, because I thought you did. I gave you three last week. It's always the toughest part because I'm not a new wave um, expert. Aficionado. Not much of a fan of new wave, but this is our new wave section because it's near and dear to ML's heart. So uh, I was trying to do it thematically looking at new wave bands from Scotland. Not that many, but Simple Minds is, which I think most people would remember The Breakfast Club. Don't yeah. forget about me. But I forgot they had another massive, massive hit. This one went all the way to number three. I love this song. Do you? Okay, good. Because I like it too. But when you think of Simple Minds, I don't think you always think about Alive and Kicking. You took me
best part about this song is that ML's going to hate it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was that last part of the song, which I loved. No, he, he absolutely will hate it, probably because it's too um, common. Did you put on a cap and a top, but not a and, a and a long coat and pretend you were Andy McCarthy? Listen to that. <laughs> no, but that's a nice little reference there. So, Simba Minds, live and kicking in room seven six zero nine. ML is it's got such a hold on the feedback. I have no feedback today, but don't forget to rate and review this show. Give it five stars and then rip Sean to shreds in the comments <laughs> or me or whomever else. No, please do. But <laughs> but five stars and then, me. and then shit all over us. That's really the best way to do it. And uh, the donate button if you want to help support the show on mlsoladetroit.com right at the top. And I finally got around to putting the Venmo up there. No idea if it works. So if anybody wants to try out donating via Venmo, you'll be our hero. And then give us some feedback and tell us we're shit. Exactly. Get to tell us for shit all over the place. I, I don't care. Great. What do you have coming up on the Carlos and Sean podcast? Uh, Lions talk. You know, More like, God, that just moves the dial then, right? Un- That's all it is. I can go right about Sam Laporta, the rookie tight end from Iowa. You did. And, and people go crazy. <laughs> or Jameer Gibbs. It's. It, they, I've been waiting for years to have a team yeah. with this kind of interest, a pro team, where you can just write little sort of turn of the screw pieces and people eat it up. It's been a while since we've been able to do that. Yeah. Rather than write, this person needs to be fired, this person sucks, this person whatever. The uh, talk show guys will tell you that the NFL and the Lions are greater than the sum of all the other teams Absolutely. in town in terms of interest. Even Michigan and Michigan State football. That's basketball. the same with us for There's our some, metrics. There's something clicks, about right? the NFL and the Lions, and maybe it's the, the 67 years or whatever it is of, of a drought, uh, and the fact that every game... To see the sine wave of we win a game and we're on the way, we lose yeah. a game, we suck. Each game has got such an impact. Because there aren't that many town. of them. Well, the fa- the, this is just one of the great fan bases in, in the country in terms of the NFL. We These people sell out Ford Field when they're winning three games a year. It's uh, into December sometimes. It's crazy. I know, Eli, you love it uh, how sports fans can be very fickle or make uh, grand judgments based on small things. (laughs) I'm going to make one right now, and you can tell me why I'm wrong. um, I was not really sold on Jameer Gibbs. I mean, great. Might have been the best running back in college last year, but a video popped up on Twitter yesterday that has me all in, and it's just him and uh, Muhammad Ibrahim from Minnesota doing a drill around uh, the pads, you know, the shuffle oh, around. Did that. you see yeah, that? Yeah. And Gibbs just dominated him. And this is one of the best running backs in the Big Ten uh, over the last four years. And it was like, wow, this guy, not only does he have speed, but he can move. So I'm all in until he probably fucks him. Well, I think <laughs> we, we, we touched on this earlier. Fans don't understand. We were talking about the speed of the game. Uh, if you were to go on, on YouTube and Google Rashid Wallace trick shots, oh wow! Then you'll see just an example when you when you're up close when when you're at an NBA practice a shoot around and you see a, a guard hit twenty three straight three point shots right. and you get out there and can't even reach the basket. Yep. You 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 get down on a baseball field and listen to two guys have a catch and the ball goes the the the, 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 the way right every player on a baseball yeah. team throws the ball so hard is one of the most underrated or uh, unknown one skills. One of my favorite parts of spring training is just right being right next to them when they just play catch. Uh, <laughs> it's just, oh my god, we uh, we were once um, at uh, Comerica. I can't remember what the event was, and I want to see it was Petrie or somebody was just like throwing. Batting yeah. practice to us, and I got to tell you, the guy can make the ball. And this was just ten yeah. years ago. 
that ball moves and you cannot hit it. And he's only throwing at like 50 miles an hour, but just the control. And yeah, it's the athleticism is why, but why everybody, like everybody in the baseball team can throw at 90 miles an hour. I know it's just, they can't all, all be pitchers. So right, the, move. The, the, the skill level. Anyway. Well, thank you for coming in today. Yeah. yeah thanks. And, Eli. And, uh, I hope listen, I was prepared enough for you. If, if he, if anybody out there hasn't seen it, I would invite you. The, the name of the show that I'm up for the Emmy for was, I think, some of the best work I've ever done. I hadn't been to TV in a long time. I hear it's, it's called, great. It's called Going For It, The Rise of WDIV. You can see it on, click on Detroit. You can see it on YouTube. You can see it anywhere. And if you forget the name, just Google Eli Zarek documentary and it comes up. There you go. It well, is really good. It, yeah, it's, and uh, we'll see. It's a nice little, uh, little historical look at. Uh, but this today see. does rank as one of my great career highlights. To be here with you guys, oh, I know. Show and to, to, be, the lowest. To, to be to be tabbed by ML Elric as worthy of filling in for him. Wait, did is, he, is truly an honor. Did you say does or doesn't? I thought you said doesn't. I said <laughs> yeah. He said doesn't. <laughs> okay, good. And it shouldn't. I, yeah, no, it shouldn't. Yeah, I, 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 that's yeah. like Trump and Putin. I heard. I heard right. <laughs> why would he or why wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, all right. All right. All right. Thank, cool. Thanks everybody right. for tuning in, and now it's Sean's favorite part of the show. Cyrus, take us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Choose leisure where I'm matching luggage. Choose good health and a career. Choose your friends. Choose your future. Choose life. Chase the soul of Detroit.